Hi, my name is Adiri Zanskinir. Welcome to the Healthcare Stage, the go-to podcast for innovators dedicated to enhancing health and wellness globally. In each episode, we dive into insightful conversations with those at the forefront of healthcare innovation. This episode shines a spotlight on a remarkable neuroimaging laboratory at Chiba Hospital, led by Dr. Abigail Livni-Ezra. This lab is renowned for creating patient-specific structural and functional MRI maps, offering a new perspective on how the brain adapts to various acute and chronic neurological conditions. In recent years, they have been at the forefront of integrating these detailed brain maps with artificial intelligence, developing cutting-edge algorithms to aid neurosurgeons in treating cancer patients. Another exciting research avenue they're exploring involves the formation of innovative AI algorithms based on brain maps in order to answer disease-specific questions concerning early detection, appreciation of disease progression, the patient tolerance to drug, etc. We can spend days talking about the activity of this lab. So without further ado, it is my greatest pleasure to host Dr. Abigail Livni-Ezer, the undisputed queen of MRI, whose groundbreaking work is in neuroimaging illuminates new routes, which hopefully will provide new ways to help patients suffering from brain diseases. Abigail is a neuroimaging expert and a neuropsychologist by training. Hi, Abigail. Hi, Adi. Thank you for inviting me. Very excited about this. <laughs> so tell us uh, something about uh, you and your family so we get the opportunity to know you a bit better. Sure. Um, so I'm, uh, I live in Tel Aviv. I have three kids. Uh, my oldest is 18. She was just drafted to the army. A 15-year-old uh, boy and a nine-year-old girl. And um, I work at Fashiba Medical Hospital. So I'm a neuropsychologist at the training, but I fell in love during my PhD studies in the, uh, in the brain and started to decided to focus my journey on understanding the brain. And uh, I did my PhD at the Shiva Medical Center, focusing on neuroimaging of traumatic brain injury. So since then, I went through a long journey, and now I'm the head of the Diagnostic Neuroimaging Laboratory at Shiva Medical Center. And uh, it's a lab that is located in the hospital in the imaging department. So we focus on brain disorders and the, from the field of psychiatry or neurology. And my research is all about understanding how the neural network changes and the disruption the neural network happens in neural networks um, in different brain disorders. And um, how this disruption affects the clinical outcome and the cognitive outcome of these patients. What is the main tool you're using in order to evaluate the brain activity? So our main tool is the neuroimaging using the MRI, but all of our studies are prospective studies. So we don't only focus on the MRI regular scans from the clinical uh, setting, but we actually run prospective studies that include not only imaging data, but also cognitive testing and questionnaires and every important EMR data that we can collect about these patients, genetics, blood biomarkers. And these are all combined together in order to understand the brain mechanisms, the mechanisms of different disorders. Thank you so much for this uh, introduction. And perhaps say a word about the different types of analysis you can conduct with an MRI machine. The MRI is an, it's, it's an, 
very exciting um, tool because we can use it in different ways. So uh, if I use the scanner, I can scan different sequences and each sequence will allow me to see, take a, a different type of picture of the brain. And it will allow me to understand different aspects of the brain. So for instance, I can scan uh, a certain sc scan called a T1 and then on every si single sequence, I will be able to run a quantitative analysis to deduct specific elements about the brain. So the T1, I will be able to quantify um, the volume of the cortex of different regions of the brain. And with an fMRI scan, I can, uh, an fMRI is a scan that follows um, neuronal activity. It's an indirect measure of neuronal activity. So we follow the neuron wor works and we follow how the blood flow changes. And then we can see which regions of the, in the brain function while we're doing the scan. So we will ask a patient to do a, a function in the scanner, either a motor function or a cognitive task, an executive task. And then we will try to understand which regions in the brain were responsible for doing this task or what, which network was, work, was working uh, during the task. So in a essence, you combine time, structural and functional tests in order to study the brain and yes. another layer uh that i know you are generating um are algorithms which are based on these structural and functional maps exactly exactly so if we have uh um as i said there's different sequences so the, some of the sequence are defined structures so we will understand structures of the brain, either the volume or another scan that I didn't mention is the DTI one. And that's a scan that we follow um, the tracks in the brain. So we're able to draw like the fiber, the fibers that connect one region in the brain to the other region. And that's another structural scan. So we combine our, our unique uh, work is to combine the structure and the function together in order to understand a comprehensive view of the brain. So not only looking and when you when you research when we study brain disorders, it's so important to understand the brain from the broadest perspective that you can. So we combine the structure and understanding of the disruption of the brain and the structure and the disruption of the brain and the function and how they impact each other in order to understand um, the the disorder in order to improve the diagnosis. So we can combine the structure and the function together with even AI algorithms in order to improve our diagnosis, in order to predict outcome, in order to recommend personalized uh, treatment or, or, or optimal uh, medication um, to be given to the patient. So this is the line of research that we try to focus on, combining structure and function with high and, and novel advanced algorithms to, to improve the well-being of the patients. Amazing. And I assume that the fact that you're located inside a hospital is, is crucial to this research, right? The fact that you're not located in a university. Yes. Um, I, think, I think it's one of the things that really um, impacted the way I think and the way my research is designed. Because I think um, the amazing thing about sitting in a hospital is that my lab is located in the, in the middle of the hospital. It's, it's the core of the hospital. The imaging is the core of the hospital. Almost every um, department uses the imaging services um, and the the um, the connection to the clinicians to the physicians 
that walk by my office or walk by the lab and we start a, a, a conversation or trying to understand what just went wrong in the surgery or how can we improve uh, the diagnostics. Um, so I think it really Im impact, impacted the way um, my, the focus of my research. And uh, I think that being a lab that is located in, in, in a hospital really enables us to be the, the bridge between the academia and the, and the clinical work. By, by doing this, my research changed from not only trying to understand brain mechanism, as I explained, um, we have, I'm affiliated to Tel Aviv University, so students from all over the so different um, um, domains, from psychology, from neuroscience, from computer vision, um, they all um, come to do their degrees in, in my lab. The fact that you were able to generate such a versatile lab in terms of know-how and that you were able to do this in a hospital setting and not at the university is not trivial whatsoever. That's impressive. But let's talk a little bit about the unique services you provide to neurosurgeons working at the hospital. Surgeries that we really are take part of them actively. Um, one is uh, brain, brain tumor resections. So if there is a tumor that is located in the brain, it's, 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 uh, it encompasses a, part, a big part of the brain, it can push aside um, core and critical functions of the brain. So if it sits very close to the motor region or to the region that is important for us to, to talk, to produce language or to understand language, the neurosurgeons need to understand where was this region pushed or the track that leads to this region. Where was it pushed because of the tumor? Is it pushed up, down, superior, anterior? So we do a MRI scan with, as we discussed before, that in, it has includes both structure and function. We combine them together in order to give the neurosurgeon, neurosurgeon a map of the brain's uh, core elements and core functions and tracks that, that combine these functions. And then this allows them to plan their trajectory of the surgery and to do the surgery in a more precise manner without harming these important functions. And our involvement is from taking the scan, being at the scanner, helping the patient to, to, to do the task accurately at the scanner. Then we analyze them and we push them back into the navigation system in the emergence, in the operating room. And so this is really an end-to-end -end solution. Um, the second neurosurgery that we're involved in is, um, is a non-invasive surgery to treat essential tremor. So in this case, they use an, a, a very um, special um, tool that's called uh, focused ultrasound. And it ablates a region in the brain, which is located in, in the middle of the brain, and nuclei called the ventral intermediate nuclei in, um, in the thalamus. And the amazing thing about this region is just looking upon the MRI scan, the neurosurgeon can't see this region. It's, it, you can't understand where is it exactly located. It's a tiny, tiny region in the brain. So we developed a, a algorithm that is a proprietary algorithm that we are able to detect the exact coordinate and to uh, recommend this coordinate for the neurosurgeon in order to create this ablation. And we've been, uh, we conducted a clinical study on our involvement in this uh, neurosurgery. 
And we found that we are able to not only um, improve the accuracy of this, uh, this surgery, but to reduce the uh, adverse events after adverse effects after this uh, surgery, the side effects that can, can happen if you're not located exactly at the correct uh, position, and uh, to reduce the time of surgery because of our precision. And uh, this is really exciting to do. Super exciting. And this is conducted with a specific uh, device. It's a, it's a unique yes. device for, used for uh, focused ultrasound ablation. It is a unique device. It's a device that is a, a conduct. It, it's a device from an Israeli startup company called Insight Tech, and they have uh, this device that is a, it's, it's embedded into an MRI scanner. So this the procedure is done non-invasively while being scanned in order to position the correct coordinates of the ablation. Wonderful. I would like to ask you a little bit about the, the activity you're doing in recent years, which has a, a great clinical applicability or potential clinical applicability in which you construct novel algorithms on structural and functional maths in order to answer questions involving patients suffering from neurologic and psychiatric diseases and disorders. And there is one specific study that you guys conducted on patients suffering from depression. Tell me a little bit about this study. Yes, so I think it's a, this, this study is another involvement from going from research at the research setting into the clinical applications and really taking it even another step forward uh, into a, with the collaboration of ARC, our innovation center at Shiba. Um, and what we did there is we, we, we were interested to try and understand if we can use the, the way the brain is mapped, we can use a structural scan and a functional scan in order to create a concept called the connectome, which is the map of the brain's connections. So each one of us has their unique um, facial characteristics or unique genetics and our unique fingerprinting. And so does everyone have their unique neural prints and we were interested to see if we can we can combine the structural and functional neuroprint together with AI in order to try to learn the pattern of certain brain disorders above and beyond our unique and special. Each one of us has their 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 um, connectums, but we wanted to see if we can study the pattern of a disease. And uh, to, in order to do so, we focused on um, two populations. One was traumatic brain injury, and the other one was uh, depress depression. Tell me, tell me about uh, the design of the depression study. So we, we conducted a clinical trial, where we, a prospective trial, where we asked the patients to be, um, we summoned them to Sheba, and we had a psychiatrist who examined them and gave them a diagnosis of major depression. We scanned them in order to create their maps of connections, so the structure and the function of connectome from the scans that I described earlier, the fMRI and the DTI. And um, we gave them medication, antidepressant medication, SSRIs, and we followed them for eight weeks because eight weeks is the time it takes in order for a patient to feel relief in their symptoms. And by the way, only one patient out of three patients will respond for the first line of medication he receives. Um, so we wanted to shorten this journey 
And uh, by scanning these patients and following them, we then went back to their initial um, connectum from the first scan. Mm -hmm. And we trained our algorithm with AI in order to detect uh, depression. And we were able to diagnose depression as an extremely high accuracy of 90%. And we were able to um, predict based on the first scan, who will respond to medication and who will not respond to medication. And uh, this was uh, very important for us to prove that there is a clinical signal, even though it was conducted on not a huge uh, study of, uh, of um, a patient. There were, in, in terms of, neuro, of uh, neuroimaging, it's, it's a big study because there are 120 patients. Um, but in AI data, then people are used to larger numbers. But this is, is a very, it's, we believe it's an important proof of concept that we are able to detect certain patterns in the brain using the connectomics. To do this also in a second uh, population of uh, concussion. So patients who arrive to the emergency room after suffering from a concussion, if I will show their scans as with the depressed patients to a neurologist or a, or a radiologist or a psychiatrist, they will look at the brain and say that the brain is intact. There's, there's, there's nothing pathological, pathological in this brain. Um, but again, we scanned them and we followed them. In this, in this case, we followed them for a year because 30% of the concussed patients will suffer from cognitive decline a year after. So um, we followed them for a year. And again, here we were able to diagnose concussion and we were able to, in a very high accuracy, above 90%, and we were able to predict their cognitive decline a year after. So we believe this is also an additional proof of concept that is very important to see that this tool can be important in our way of paving the next generation of, of neuroimaging um, tools. The, the clinical and commercial implication uh, are straightforward with the with the antidepressant, uh, it's very it's very clear that there is a um, a tedious trial and error approach. Uh, there is no definitive test to predict which antidepressant will work best for a particular individual, and for some it takes months until they find the right drug, the right dosage, the right combination of drugs, which is well tolerated. And and in the case of uh, head concussion, then. Then even, even more than that, I would say that most of these patients are not receiving uh, treatment. Uh, no one can predict the cognitive decline. It's, uh, the clinical implication is, is, is dramatic here. And, and the question is, uh, how, do you, how does this become a product? <laughs> what is the next stage? How do you level up this uh, wonderful research that, that you're conducting with Chiba? It's a great question that I'm actually asking myself these days. Um, so we're trying to scale it up and trying to take this uh, this project, exciting project, and to move it up to be a, a uh, to be in a line of creating a product. Um, so I, I'm currently working on establishing a brain connectomics data bank together with uh, our partners, the Innovation Center of Chiba in order to accumulate a large database of different connectomics uh, of different brain disorders in order to replicate our, our uh, results on a higher scale, a much larger scale, 
and um, we're looking forward on to to raise money and uh, to make this a product and not only a project research from in a lab. Dataset will allow you to uh, construct better algorithms, more precise algorithms. How do you think this would um, influence your your research? Definitely. So when we receiving these results is a very important milestone. It's a proof of concept that we have, we are able to, to understand and to see the, the clinical signal. But in order to take it a step forward, we need to show that we're able to show the same clinical um, settings, the same, uh, we're able to, to find the same effect when we use different scanners from different centers, from different uh, populations. So uh, this is, is, is needed. And when we have a larger data set, then of course the AI can be treated and can be can can train much better and to, to understand uh, the model and the patterns of uh, how brain disorders looks in the connectome. Yeah, the idea is to I, I seem to capture the heterogeneity of the patients, and in order to do that, you need a very large subset of data. Patients and healthy participants, yeah. participants which exactly. serve as controls in these studies. Taking an R&D project from the academic setting and transforming it into a, a commercial project or, or a company is a challenge that you faced before, right? Tell us about your experience. I've actually already did in one of our um, different uh, projects, so uh, one of our other innovative projects. Um, we were looking at um, neuroendovascular surgery, neuroendovascular procedures. And in this case, we were able to take it the, the step forward that you were talking about, scaling it up to take it to a product. So um, uh, my collaborator, uh, Dr. Galyanid, was the head of the neuroendovascular uh, surgery unit here at Chibba, um, and also the co-founder of ADOC. Um, we together co-founded a company called Copilot MD. It's currently in stealth mode, so I can't talk much about it, but I, I can just say that in, it's in the neuroendovascular area trying to improve and also um, assist the neurosurgeons in, their, in the neurodevascular space. Um, I, th I think this is a nice example of taking our research forward to a more applicable and innovative and, and hopefully becoming a product one day. It was a pleasure and an honor talking with you here today. I wish you success in establishing the International Bank and I'm looking forward to host you again after this bank is up and running. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Abigail.